Hello, welcome to Millennial Message Podcast. My name is Amelia. Thank you very much for joining me. This is the first proper episode. I am so excited. So I managed to get the introductory episode out. I did not die from embarrassment. The world did not collapse. I'm still here. I'm still really excited to do this podcast. So that is good news for you guys. So when I was figuring out where exactly we should begin with episode one, of course, my selfish millennial brain jumped straight to working on ourselves, looking internally. I thought that was the most logical thing to do. We may as well comply with the stereotype before we go in and look at bigger issues. And it, of course, is the most important relationship that we have, the one that we have with ourselves. Isn't that beautiful? So I have settled on an issue. I I think it's going to be good. I think you guys are going to like it. And I think it is really important. So with no further ado, let's get into it. So it is, if you can read, you will have already have noticed it in the title, but it is self-care for the brain. And I don't mean eat vegetables, eat fruit, your brain will thank you. No, no, no. We are talking about ways to treat yourself better your actions, your thoughts, your feelings. So you are being good to your brain. So I will just introduce uh, a few issues. We're going to have a little bit of dialogue and then we are going to have our first guest on the podcast. Unfortunately, ScoMo was unavailable. He is, of course, dealing with the bloody shit show that is his political party at the moment. But we will, of course, get him on in the future. I promise. I don't promise. Please do not take my word on that. That was a joke. But the first guest is someone who is very close and dear to me. It is my partner. His name is Julian. And he is here because we like to have a bit of, I don't know, we have a bit of tension in our chats. Generally, that's how we speak to each other. We disagree on many things in a good way, though. It keeps things exciting. So he is going to be here to discuss feeling better and self-care for the brain. So before we welcome Julian onto the podcast, let's just dive into this topic and have a little bit of a think through it. So to clarify, we are not talking about mental health. This is more feeling better. So looking after your brain, looking after your thoughts, looking after your feelings, looking after your actions so you feel better caring for yourself in that way. So I know a point that has really resonated with me, I'd say over the last six months to a year, is a way that I make myself feel really good and care for myself is by following through with what I say I am going to do. So if I make a decision, I then need to, or I should do, of course I don't always, but I I, I hope that I will, Act on the decision after the mood in which the decision was made has passed, which is it's building habits. It's following through. It's committing to yourself and being loyal to what you have said. And it's surprising how much you promise yourself things and don't follow through with it. For this to work, it's really about shutting that little voice in your head up and just continuing with an action. Now, I know there's been a lot in the news recently questioning or saying that not everyone has a monologue in their head 24-7, which I find really interesting. I do. The little Amelia is always sitting in my head going, oh, maybe we should go grab food now. Maybe we should go do this now or overthinking what I've said. Why did you say that? You look stupid or why did you do that? 
not always negative, of course. It is just sometimes they're, I don't know, look at that person's lovely hair or look at that person, they look happy. That That's nice to see. So it is not always negative, but it is just a constant monologue going on. So I know if you don't have this, which some people don't, thoughts just float past them. They don't have this constant little voice in their head. Then it might be a little bit harder to do, but it's just about shutting that voice up because that voice is just, uh, thinking at the spur at the moment, it, it doesn't know the long time plans, doesn't care about the promises you've made to yourself, ignoring that voice, telling it, shut up, I'm going to do this. I decided I was going to do this in the past and I now will follow through and doing things anyway. This over time will build really strong habits to the point where it's not a question anymore and that voice is tired of trying to persuade you otherwise so it is just an action that happens when you get to that point you know you've killed it you know you've pushed through and you just have to be careful that you don't let it slip and you keep working at it just a little bit to maintain that habit now doing all of this is so important for self-care because if you follow through on these actions that you promised yourself that you would do you made a decision even if your moods change and you still follow through with it That is when you start to respect yourself and trust yourself. That is the biggest thing. So many people don't trust themselves and I'm definitely one of them until I started to try to implement this method and in areas of my life, I now do trust myself. In others, I don't and I need to work on these areas, but it is the best feeling knowing that you can trust yourself to do something and that you respect yourself and you're confident that you will follow through with the things that you, well, the goals that you have set and what you're working towards. It's a, it's one of the best feelings. So you are therefore caring for yourself and it's an act of self-care to follow through with what you said you were going to do because you're listening to yourself and we all want to be listened to, especially by ourselves. So the second area that I am working towards improving and working towards enacting self-care is to challenge myself. Now it might sound very stereotypical, but taking that a little bit further in terms of challenging yourself to the point where you scare yourself. Now, if you're not nervous about things and you're not um, put out of your comfort zone very often, life is boring. Your brain gets bored. It predicts everything and you're really not carrying it. You're not challenging it. You're not allowing it to grow and you are you're not making it uncomfortable. It's it's too comfortable. It's getting lazy. An example of ways that I have been scaring myself and making myself nervous and putting myself in situations that I do not like, my brain automatically shuts down and says, no, don't do this. Let's just go home. We're safe. We're warm there. No, I tell it to shut up. We're doing it anyway. It has been going to meetups. Now, if you're not sure what meetups are, there's this app called Meetup. And people post events, maybe training events, maybe just social gathering events. Anyone can create events on these on this app. And it's really about meeting new people and meeting people with different interests or getting together with new people that have similar interests to you. I am definitely not someone who enjoys meeting strangers. I'm not someone who's keen of networking. I'm not someone who gets energized necessarily by talking to people. Uh, Social interaction is something that is draining for me. I am a bit of an introvert in in that way. 
So making myself go to events with strangers that I have no no connection with, have no idea what kind of events are going to be. Like sometimes they're very vague and you rock up, you're not sure exactly what's going to happen. And especially going to ones that are about public speaking and getting better at public speaking, which I would actually rather you push me off a bridge with a rock tied to me than do more public speaking training, but going to these events, hating it to the point where I'm almost hiding in the bathrooms and telling myself, you need to get out. We need to go. Come on. We're doing this. We promised and doing it, loving it, enjoying them, meeting the new people, people that I never interact with otherwise. And then feeling it's the feeling literally like I've, I've had all these drugs and you get that warm, proud, and just good feeling of speaking to new people and being energized off new people. And I, I, it's a cycle. I have that amazing feeling, go home saying, yes, that was awesome. Come on, we'll go to another one. Rock up, you know, the next week to a different event. And the exact same thing happens. I want to hide in the bathroom. I don't want to go, but I keep doing it. I keep forcing myself. I keep making myself nervous because I know it's, it's worth it and it pays off. And I'm caring for myself by putting myself in different situations that is making me grow. It's making my brain expand. Point three kind of expands on point two. And it's about caring for yourself by doing things and putting yourself in situations that you know you're going to fail at. Now, that might seem a little bit strange when you're talking about self-care, which normally, you know, is around success and looking after yourself. But putting yourself in situations that you're going to fail at is actually really humbling. And it is the actual, the win, the reason you are caring for yourself is because you are trying something new and and failing is is part of it. it makes failure acceptable it makes it normal and it also drives you and gives you goals to get better so the example of going to meetups and public speaking i know i'm not going to be very good and i know i have a long way to go in these areas but i'm still putting myself in those situations i'm still failing and just accepting that that's a normal part of life and that it's okay, the world will go on, I might embarrass myself, I might I might bloody trip over as I'm walking to the stage to public speak to strangers, but it, it'll be okay, like it's okay to fail, it's okay to be embarrassed, but just to humble yourself, that is caring for yourself. Regarding this conversation, I think it's also really important to highlight that people sit within one of two camps, you're either have fear and you are scared of failing or you have fear and are scared of being successful. Now for me, I definitely have the fear of failing. I hold myself to a very high standard and not meeting that standard does bring me emotional pain and does make me feel like I, you know, am not succeeding. So it is confusing to me that people have, you know, they sit on the other side and that success scares them. But if you're not resonating with that, it's because people who are in that in that camp, it's because they they fear that they're then going to have to keep performing harder and harder, keep working harder and harder to make sure that they keep succeeding and that they can succeed at a higher level. And that obviously is going to be a lot of work and it's also going to mean that nothing is ever good enough. You're never going to be satisfied. So I really think it's important just to recognize which camp you sit in 
that will then help you understand, you know, the way you behave and your thought patterns. So just have a think, sit down and work out where exactly you sit. So point four is a little bit different. So this is around self-care in terms of putting boundaries around who you let influence your decisions and your thoughts and protecting the information that comes in. So this is around securing and building a wall and barriers. So you're very selective about who and what information influences you. So this kind of blew my mind a little bit when I when I first heard it and when I first started thinking about it. So you know that typical saying that you are the sum of the five people that you spend the most time with? I really do think that's true. And we could expand that to you're the sum of the five let's say sources of information that you hear most or that you surround yourself with. So for example, that could be social media, that could be friends, that could be family, that could be maybe the advertising that you are um, surrounded by. And the fourth one could maybe be like the country you're, you're in or the location that you are in. So with us being bombarded by all this information, particularly now in the modern era, it's really vital that we protect what information we let us that we let get into our brains and let affect affect our decisions, affect our moods, affect our behaviors. So, an example of how I've been trying to implement this um, area of self care is I've really been putting boundaries around whose energy and what moods I let affect me. So, I really try to stay away from people that do have really negative and toxic energy. And that's not from a, I don't want to be around you, you're, you're upset or anything like that. It's just more, you know, starting more positive conversations and looking on the bright side and being, but coming to conversations from a different viewpoint and just making sure that I leave that person with positive energy. And that really does help me because if someone's got positive energy, it's really hard to to combat them with your negative energy and for that to, to override their energy. So yeah, I would just give that a shot. It sounds really corny, but it's even as small as saying, you know, if someone asks, how was your day? If you just get home and say, oh, it was busy, it was hard. Framing that in terms of I learned something, it was challenging and do not use the phrase I'm busy, everyone is busy, everyone, there's people who work 80 hours a week, have 50 kids and can't afford to pay their bills. They're they're busy, so we're not busy. So the next one, the next self-care principle or area that I'm working towards is to manage my ego. And we all have different sized egos. Some people have very inflated egos. Other people's maybe on the smaller side and maybe could be inflated a little bit more. But it is vital that we all manage our egos. And in terms of self-care, I am thinking about reminding ourselves and implementing a attitude of being humble. Now, it's important we do that because it just puts things in perspective for our brains It reminds us that we are just living in a flesh suit and that is made of blood, guts, bones, that you are just one of 7 billion people on this earth and that you are going to die and you are not going to matter. And that's important for your brain because it reminds the brain that, hey, maybe that little decision that I was uh, overthinking and that I kept repeating in my head in the scheme of everything, 
does not matter. Let's move on. The life is short and let's just get on with it. So I think reminding yourself to manage your ego, to be humble and to be okay with being embarrassed and getting over yourself is really vital for self-care. It just puts everything in perspective. Another area, this is one that I am really passionate about. It's really come into my life the last year, I would say, and it's really made lots of improvements. But one I am still, of course, working on is becoming outcome focused rather than process focused. Now to explain that, it's it's about long-term gratification. It's about having a goal in sight and doing whatever it takes to achieve that rather than being processed focused, which means you are like, oh, what do I actually have to do to get to that goal? Oh, maybe it's not worth it. That actually looks hard. I don't want to do that. I, well, maybe you don't actually then have that goal. You don't really want that goal enough to push through the uncomfortable things. So to become outcome focused, it's really about having this long-term delayed gratification mindset and having a growth mindset in terms of you're willing to make changes. You do not have a fixed mindset and you realize that you can get better in areas. You do have to work at them and it is going to be hard, but that having that long-term goal, it's going to be worth it. So I think this is really important for millennials, particularly um, anyone who well, is alive now because there is, there are so many distractions. There are so many things that say, you can have this now. You want this, uh, next day delivery shopping. You can get it. You only have to pay like $10. Like that's nothing in the scheme of it. You want this, uh, food right now. We can get it to your house in 20 minutes. We can cook it, get someone to pick it up and deliver it in 20 minutes. You want, what do we, we get everything straight away. Oh, you want your TV show. It'll literally play for you on Netflix in 10 seconds. You don't even have to move off the couch. Everything we get right now and we don't have to plan. We don't have to think and delay gratification. It's short-term immediate gratification. So it's about becoming outcome focused, getting in the zone and shutting out the noise. The noise is it's your friend posting about their European holiday on Instagram when that is not part of your long-term delayed gratification goal. Maybe your goal is you want to go to Europe, but you want to save up all your leave and all your money so you can do it in three years time and you can go for a whole year. And that's so much better than your friend that's now going for two weeks because she can't get any more annual leave. So it is just about shutting out the noise. Building on that area, another Another criteria, another thing that I am working towards is making sure I focus on what I want to do the most or what I want the most versus what I want or what I should do right now. So my brain is really good at saying, this is what we need right now. I need to pump this blood around the body. I need to do all this stuff so you will live for the next five minutes. It's not very good at thinking about the future. So you really need to, to care for your brain, tell it, shut up. You may want this now, but is that going to help us to get what we want most? And just keep redirecting it to what you want most. So to those long-term goals, um, implementing delayed gratification. And in the long term, your brain will thank you because you will achieve these bigger goals. You will get these that thing that you want the most, and that is going to produce a rush of hormones it's going to make you feel good proud strong and 
That is then you being good to your brain. That immediate need, that immediate thing it wants is just because it's dumb and it can't think past the next five minutes. So they're kind of the areas that I'm currently working on and I'm doing to have self-care for my brain. So yeah, that is enough from me. We now have my partner Julian here to join us. Very exciting. Welcome, Julian. Thanks for having me on this little experiment of yours. Experiment? How (laughs) rude. I am a professional. Anyways, let's jump right into it. So we've both kind of been on a journey recently, I would say, a personal development journey, as lame as that sounds, but it's it's the truth. And both been pushing ourselves and challenging ourselves um, to put ourselves in situations that we're not comfortable with and making ourselves nervous. As introverts, we both have the Maya Briggs personality type, the ENF, ENFJ, ENFP. Uh, I believe you're ENFP, I'm INFP, or you're ENFJ, INFP. For people who don't know what we're talking about, you probably think that we just started talking in code, but um, what it is is the different personality types that, that people have. There's 16 different types, and the first symbol is you're an introvert or an extrovert. Do you know what the next two symbols stand for, or three symbols? So I think, uh, from memory, they were intuitive, feeling, judging... Uh, perceiving I think it was yeah yeah so it's kind of like a test and it it does has you have to answer all these questions and it puts you it labels you as a certain in a certain category so you'll have these four letters and you'll be either one or the other so yeah obviously you're then stuck with your personality type and we were both stuck with introverted personality types Hence why doing things that put us out of our comfort zone and going to meetups and talking to strangers is not fun. It's horrible. Do you think it's horrible? I think it's horrible. (laughs) Uh, It's not necessarily horrible. It's nerve wracking, but you know you're progressing when you're doing it, especially afterwards, that feeling you get that you've almost like achieved something. I know that's (laughs) that's quite odd for maybe an extrovert to hear, but for Mm. introverted personality... Uh, yeah, I 100% agree. I, but I, yeah, I literally end up going to the toilet like three times just so I don't have to stand there and talk to people. And it's like a little escape route. Is that just me that does this thing? I'll do this one thing where I'll just stand in the corner, maybe playing on my phone, <laughs> pretending I've got important work to do, yeah. even though you've checked your emails about six times. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and you're just scrolling through Facebook. But anyway, I guess while we're here is because we have been trying to make these changes and it's been going really well and yeah, I've, I've been enjoying it. It's obviously horrible at the time. And as I said, we do these things to try avoid the situation, but like what, what benefits have you got from, from doing it? Exactly. I mean, you could be at home just watching TV and then what'd you get from that? What'd you learn about yourself doing that? Well, you can learn many things from the amazing documentaries that are out there. Yes, but you're not learning something about yourself. You're learning something externally about the world. Yeah, this is true. I feel like we, we in this generation, we really, we hate being with ourselves because then we have to reflect and we, we just start thinking too much. So we're great at distracting ourselves. I think you're right when you say that our generation uh, as millennials definitely are all about distractions. I mean, we can't even sit still five minutes without looking at our phones. Um, oh, that really shits me. That really shits me that people can't be present in conversations and they just get that little buzz and it's just like an automatic That hit, that hit a dopamine. Yeah, that hit a dopamine. So I guess on that note then, I'm, I've am i been thinking a lot about how, oh, well, for me personally, to achieve 
self-care for my brain, I've been focusing on shutting out the noise. By, by what I mean by that is that I've been focusing on shutting out, say, the the pressure on us to have certain material items, to live in a certain way, to behave in a certain way, to have a public image on social media, and just really focusing on living in line with my values and living in line in a way that works towards my long-term goals and that involves delayed gratification. My favorite buzzword at the moment, but I think it's it's such an important skill that millennials really, really f- fail to have. It's not something we, we maybe we were raised with it in the 90s, but since the 2000s, it's gone way downhill and we, we're not capable of it anymore. Yeah, I'm slightly odd in that regard because I've never really cared <laughs> about keeping up with the social trends or what's on Facebook or Instagram. My Instagram is uh, just filled with paintings because uh, I'm a historian, so... <laughs> Nerd alert, but... but <laughs> with the think... whole classical paintings. But um, I can definitely see why people struggle with it, but um, I don't fall into that camp. But it's definitely something our generation as millennials struggle with. Or do you think that it's not necessarily a millennial question, it's more to do with maybe a societal question? Is it just, is it just millennials? they're going through this or do you feel like this is also a part of boomer or generation x have you heard of the meme okay boomer yes okay just wanted to bring that up because i think i think it's it's inappropriate but it's definitely funny um do i think this is a problem for everyone yes definitely obviously it's the world that we all live in but but boomers they were not raised like there's little kids that have all these influences now they're bombarded by everything they're not just caring about what their friends think they're caring about what the world thinks now because they have access to the world by internet and it's just it's really it's it's hard then to concentrate on what you want long term when you're constantly told you need this now you need to be doing this now you need to make sure that you're caring what everyone thinks about you right now and it's just then no, nothing left no mental space to to think about the long term which i think is where we really need to be going what we need to be doing better coming back to that issue of uh social media uh influencing millennials do you think that if we had better influencers that there wouldn't necessarily be a problem with influencing in general because i feel like the boomers or generations before us their influences wouldn't have necessarily been uh, just uh, a random <laughs> nobody on Instagram that's managed to make a lot of followers. They tended to be influencers who had achieved things, uh, presidents, prime ministers, uh, historical leaders, uh, those sort of things. Do you think that is maybe one of the issues that we're facing, that we don't have? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's our, uh, our culture of heroes is necessarily uh, heroes for the good reasons. Aren't necessarily heroes for the good reasons. Mm-hmm. Uh, first, I'll point out that I am one of those randoms on Instagram mm. trying to get followers. So yeah, I think actually, there's no, a bit sorry, of yeah. irony there, <laughs> but that's fine. We'll continue. I'm, I think I'm doing it because I want to share what I'm learning and I want to do it because I would like everyone to to feel better because we have a little bit of a problem, I feel, with, with loneliness and not feeling like we're succeeding in life. So I'm doing it because I want to learn and I want to get better and I think others would like to do the same. So let's all learn from each other. But anyway, back to your question. I, yeah, 100% agree. There's people flogging skinny tea and God knows what products on Instagram. And 
it's all about the aesthetics. It's, it's nothing about values and like cultural heritage or about a sense of community. It's really just about buy, 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 promote, promote, promote. And it's just setting this standard that's really not realistic. We, we're never going to achieve these ideal lives that we are, we're shown and that, uh, that are flashed before us all the time because they don't exist. They're not real. Obviously these, these social media platforms are just the highlight reel of people's lives. We don't get to see everything that happens behind that highlight reel, but yeah, I guess, um, it's great that there are more thought leaders and more, more people that are philosophers or people that are experts in different areas are getting on social media and that you are able to follow them that way. Um, cause maybe like through books and through other means they're, they're not as accessible as they used to be. So it is great that they are using social media for a source for good and they're distributing, yeah, positive information and things that are going to help us grow and be better that way. They're connecting with millennials that way. Yeah. So it's just, as long as you can filter out the bad and put in the good, then you're set to go. So filter out the bad, the good, the bad, the ugly. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Something along those lines. <laughs> so I just, yeah, to summarize, I really think it's important that we just care for ourselves and care for our brain by putting all these things in place that block out the negative influences in our life, block out the distractions in our lives. And that's just then how we, we just then don't have to deal with that crap. It's that simple. Does then we have more energy to focus on what we want, to be positive, to work towards things and, you know, that pressure that you need to have this new thing or that you need to do this thing or act in a certain way, you then just don't have to deal with it anymore. And just to clarify, when we say block things out, we mean don't block things out just because it's confronting no. or you're seeing something that yeah, that's got confronting or may makes you think. What we mean is block out things which... Uh, things that don't make you think. Exactly. <laughs> things that don't make you think, 100%. Things that make you just consume, things that make you feel inag- inadequate. God, that was a hard word. Inadequate. Oh, God. <laughs> Julian, can you please say the word for me? <clears throat> inadequate. Inadequate. Things that make you feel inadequate and feel like that you're not good enough, you're not living well enough because you need all these different things. So... Just fuck that lid off the grid. That is my advice. Let's just all live in our own little bubbles, but of course be educating ourselves about the opinions and views of others, but live in our own little bubble where we don't need to follow all these trends and be told that we need to consume things to be happy. Does that sound about right? I think that sums it up. Great. I'm glad we have your ticket of approval, Julian. Um, So thank you everyone for listening and thank you to Julian for attending. He was already coming over to my house, but I do appreciate his time. Um, yeah, so guys, if you like the podcast, um, I would really appreciate it if you're able to subscribe on whichever platform that you listen to. It, of course, helps other people find the podcast as well as leave any feedback and reviews. That would be wonderful. Uh, we also have, well, I also have an Instagram page for the podcast. Now, don't worry. This is not one of those negative Instagram page. This is the, this is a good filter. This is, this is one that you, that you need in your life. Um, has some great fun content on there. So definitely jump on that. It's millennial message underscore podcast. And yeah, thank you very much guys. Um, we'll be in your ears or I'll be in your ears with another guest in the next couple of weeks. I appreciate your time. And in the meantime, I hope you have a great week. Thank you very much. Let's get better, be better and do better.